Yeah. Hey, everyone. It's Ron Weisberg, your host with Film Things with Soul Studios. Today is a great show. We have Dirk Norris from the New Mexico Film Foundation here. Hi, Dirk. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me. Man, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, New Mexico Film is is a is a powerful uh, on on the rise entity mm-hmm. industry and you my friend have been a proponent for NM film since I since I've been around uh, New Mexico uh, I got here in 2010 yeah and uh, you've just been you know relentless in your pursuit of helping <laughs> New Mexico film I wish it was a lot easier but it's still you know a lot of you know pounding on the table and pissing people off trying to get them to pay attention but amen I I do know. the same. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it for the revolution. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I, I really am glad that you're here on our podcast because, you know, I, I sort of wanted to talk with you about several things mm-hmm. like uh, New Mexico film, where it's been, where it's going, your foundation, how your foundation has been there, um, you know, pounding on the pavement, like you said, what your mission statement was, where you where you started and where you where you got and where you're going. Right. So, um, so yeah, man, let's get started. What, what's sure. your background? Where, how did you, how did you get started in all well, this? Well, you know, it's, it's been odd. I've been, I've kind of bumped into film during my life. Um, the first ma- uh, film I ever made was with my brother and it was with a eight millimeter camera and we did a little stop motion um, animation with a Hot Wheels car driving into a Play-Doh ball and then coming out as a different kind of car. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Um, And and in eighth grade, um, I convinced the science club um, to let me go along and I would film the whole um, science club trip. We went from from Ohio, went to Florida. And so um, I told my dad that I was going to be borrowing his camera and went on this trip. And it it was a lot of fun. I think it ended up being like a 15 or 20 minute film after I spliced it all together. And that's, you know, using the adhesive content contact paper to put the slices together oh, on the little wow. cutter and the whole bit and it was a lot of fun. When can we see this film? Yeah, I'm, just try, I'm trying to dr- dig it out of storage from, you know, wherever it is. <laughs> Digitize it. True film. Yeah, yeah. Man. Uh, and in college, I, w- I was 30 when I started college and uh, toward the end of my uh, four years there I took a feature film production class and the guy that was teaching it had recently moved back to Alabama. I was going to the University of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And he had been a screenwriter in L.A. and um, wanted to come back and start a production studio to make videos for kids. Hmm. So he, he was offering this class, which is basically training up a crew for himself to come work for him once he got things established. Cool. And I was really intrigued and really liked the, the whole thing. And I said, you know, I want to work for you. And he said, great. So my first job with um, this uh, this movie mogul was um, drywalling his office. <laughs> He's like, great kid, here's what you can do. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then he said, hey, kid, I'm sorry, but I'm out of money. So that was that Thanks was Thanks for drywalling my office. <laughs> right. Now beat it. Yeah, that was it. That was it. 
and you know, so things like that all, along my life. And in New Mexico, uh, in 2004, I was in the middle of the desert. I was 15 miles south of the town of Carrizozo, 900 people, and uh, uh, running a hostel. Oh wow! And uh, some, I got a phone call so, from some guests that had been there a couple of um, years prior, and they were from England. Had written a script um, that took place at the hostel, and we're making this feature film, and wanted to stay at the hostel and, and shoot this film. And I said, "Yeah, great." No um, way. So it, it was there was you know intrigue and involvement, and and um, the the building burned down <laughs> um, the day before they came to do oh some scouting. My God. And, yeah, it was all kinds of stuff. Uh, but what what kind of amazed me was here's this these 15 people that they eventually did make the movie uh, and had to rewrite the script obviously but um, you know I went to the Chamber of Commerce and said look this this these filmmakers are here they're going to be spending money and nobody from the chamber went and talked to them nobody said hey here's where you can do your laundry or here's the restaurants and all that kind of stuff so they're just kind of you know flapping in the wind a little bit so four years later when the book of Eli came to film in Carrizozo and I was the president of the Chamber of Commerce hmm. I said let's help them spend their money here in Carrizozo there you go and we had this potluck dinner for the construction crew because they spent three months just building the set they took over a whole city block wow. and put a new facade on every single building and made it look post-apocalyptic which yeah. wasn't hard because Carrizozo already <laughs> looked post-apocalyptic 900 people <laughs> it's a ghost town <laughs> right. um, and, and uh, yeah, so um, at the same time, there was a legislator who was uh, from Roswell who was saying that um, there shouldn't be any film incentives at all. And Carrizozo and this film was in his district. So wow. media was coming to Carrizozo and doing stories about that kind of stuff. And this is right in the era when uh, Governor Richardson was really pushing films. Uh -huh. And uh, he was all he was kind of pushing doing films outside of the Albuquerque-Santa Fe area. Right. So that's how you know we ended up getting uh, Book of Eli. Um, and so the, the film office, people from the film office ended up coming down when they were shooting and we talked with them and I got to know those fo folks and when a job became open with a film office in Santa Fe um, I applied for it and got it and moved cool. up to Santa Fe and so I was the outreach programs manager um, for the state film office for a year and a half wow. and um, that was about a year after Martinez uh, took office and was kind of destroying the film industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and the support, there, there, under Richardson, there used to be some support for New Mexico filmmakers. And all those support systems disappeared under the new administration. And I just felt that there needed to be something for New Mexico filmmakers. And so I left the film office and started the New Mexico Film Foundation. Wow. And that was in 2013. So we've been around for about six years. Wow, okay. So that's how it all started. That's you, how it all you, started. You had, you know, the government was helping, and then it changed, and it, they dropped the ball, and you were like, somebody's got to pick up the torch and do this. And I waited as long as I could for somebody else to do it, but nobody did. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, and you were go. probably running around, he was like, will you do it? Yeah, will right. you do it? I was like, no, I ain't touching that. Yeah, right. I ain't touching you're that. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, um, 
I, I say it was, you know, jumping off the cliff, and I hope you heard the sound of flapping wings, not flopping <laughs> wings, you know. But, um, yeah, yeah. And I got, a, you know, in talking to people, got a lot of support from New Mexico filmmakers saying, yeah, yeah, we need something. Of course. You know, we, yeah, yeah. Because there, there still isn't enough support for New Mexico filmmakers. Right. It's all about bringing in outside productions. Right. right. And, you know, it makes sense, and especially with the film office, their budget is just, you know, astronomically small. Right. Um, and under Richardson, there were 15 people in that film office, and now there's, you know, less than five. Hmm. And and um, now with our new governor, it's like we've been in the dark ages for eight years, and now the sun is rise, rising, and the birds are chirping, and we have a very film-friendly governor. Um, but there's still needs to be more money in the film office um, because now more productions are coming in. Yeah. And it's great that Hollywood's coming here and hiring a lot of people, yeah. but that doesn't do anything for our filmmakers, particularly the above-the-line folks. Yeah, the right? above-the-line filmmakers here are sort of scratching their heads, right? They're still right. trying to figure out how to make a, being a filmmaker viable. Yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. And by and large, um, it's the, the films that get made are because um, friends and family are helping fund it, or they're doing a crowdfunding campaign. Um, Alejandro Montoya is doing a workshop on crowdfunding, how to right. do crowdfunding for films. And I've seen people raise upwards of $30,000 through Indiegogo and, and Kickstarter, but that's just not the yeah, way to which, fund films. Yeah, which is great 30 grand for, yeah that's for like a short film like a well-produced short film yeah and and doing crowdfunding is incredibly hard work I mean you have to do it every single day yeah. and if you're doing that then you're not making your film exactly right? so um, you know I keep saying we really need to uh, we need to in, be investing not only in in films that are being made by New Mexico filmmakers. We need to be investing in the filmmakers themselves, right? Yes. Uh, especially, you know, if a kid goes through college through a film program, one of the, I, don't know, I think we have twelve or fourteen schools in the state that have a film program, yeah. um, uh, college or university, and they're interested in directing and they graduate. There's nothing for them. There's no place for them to go unless they have enough money to start making their own film, right. as opposed to um, the film technician training programs that are at the community colleges, and those are really ramping up to, to handle the influx of the films that are coming in. Yeah, I heard in. CNM just, like, uh, tripled their their load. Yeah, CNM, um, Santa Fe Community College, Doniana Community College in Las Cruces, mm -hmm. um, uh, San Juan College in Farmington. Wow. Um, they're, they're all trying to kind of ramp up and get more kids trained. And when they are trained, yeah. they already have hours toward their union membership, mm -hmm. and they can get hired, you know, right away and not, you know, go on a set and not kill people, right? Right, yeah, because uh, the, all these productions are, are definitely coming in, and they need more and more crew, and you're all, you're, they're bringing in crew from out of state. Right, and so, because we can't handle because the Because we don't load. have the, yeah. the load. Right. Um, so if you want to be on set out there, people, now is the best time ever to, to learn the those technical onset skills, right? Absolutely. And if you can't go to, to you know a school, if you can't take a course at one of the community colleges, um, I recommend to people be background actor, and that gets you on set, and you can start talking to people, and then maybe you can be a PA and start looking at what position you'd like to work in in the film industry. Absolutely. Because that's wide open, mm -hmm. and uh, people don't even know that 
um, you can go to school for welding and get a job on the film in the film industry because Absolutely. they need welders. They need any, everybody on set, builders, welders, any plumbers, plumbers, costuming, all of that stuff. Everything. Yeah, except above the line uh, people mm. because when Hollywood comes here they've already had it written they've got their director and producer and they've got their A-list actors and their editors too and their editors too they're all yeah. in LA yeah they go back they shoot here they go back to LA and do their post yeah which you know all of that stuff could be here so you know our whole my, my fist pounding is about um, growing the industry from within the state supporting mm -hmm. our local filmmakers there's no reason why we couldn't have a vibrant film industry right here in New Mexico, just like LA or New York or anywhere else, that's grown from within the state and not have to depend on Hollywood. It's great they come, but to not have to depend on, then then we are more of a multi-economy um, because the oil and gas is going great now, but that's going to go down at some point. Yeah. And if that's the only thing we depend on for our revenue, then we're really screwed. But if we have a, uh, you know, a vibrant film industry where our filmmakers are making films and paying people to work on those films, not having to worry about importing people to mm -hmm. work on those films, then that's an economy that has a, a chance of, of growing and adding its economic development. And it's really good for the state to do that because then all the money stays in the state when yep. a vast majority of it is going right back to California. Yep. So so yes, it's, it's great to have like Hollywood come in here and do their projects, but that money, you know, it, you know, for for the industries that surround the film industry, it's great. You know, it's supporting everything. We love it, but the next step is really built like keeping the money here. Yeah, right. And right. so, what? Where are we with that? What is the mechanism with that? How do people wrap their minds around what what action steps can people take out there? Right. Well, uh, uh, the first thing is recognize that we have a film industry here. We have men and women who live in New Mexico and want to make films. That's just always left out of the equation because all the attention goes to Hollywood. So, you know, it's when you mention Hollywood, mention New Mexico filmmakers. Um, so just, you know, just recognizing that we have um, people here. And so that's why you know we have some of the events we have and so the programs it brings attention to the folks that live here right um, and then um, we need to uh, I think short films are great because it's a calling card for a filmmaker right. right and you can make it inexpensive and kind of show your chops and, and hone your skills and so if we can show these shorts to investors and investors say I like what you do I'm going to invest in your next feature film then we're kind of on on the way, um, but the investment part is a is a whole big issue. Everybody tells me there's lots of money in Santa Fe, but nobody's given me a phone number or an email address. Uh -huh. Right, uh, but those you know we need that, and and now under. Um, Title Title Three um, of the State Tax Code. Um, there are now um, uh, tools or ways you can have people invest in your film, not donate to your film, but invest in your film. And there's even a regulation called CF. Um, uh, Reg CF, which is regulation crowdfunding, so you can do equity crowdfunding 
just like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, wow. but people are investing in your project. So you've right? got a bunch of producers. They're not just invest uh, throwing their money away for a perk. Right, exactly. They're not getting a CD or a hat. They're getting a percentage of the of the project. Of course, film is a risk, right? It's it's one of the riskiest invent, investments, but there can be a lot of payoffs, and that's why it's called an investment. Um, so there are there's one platform called um, MicroVentures that you can, like Indiegogo or Kickstarter, you can put your film up there and attract investors. And under this Title III, there are different kind of regulations where you either have certified investors or you can have certified investors and uncertified investors. So those uncertified people are like, you know, the little old lady who lives down the street or your dentist or right. your friends and family. Yeah. So they can get a piece of your action without having too much at risk. I mean, if they're risking a hundred or two hundred or five thousand sure. dollars, you know, they may end up getting a lot back. They may lose it all, but um, it's still an opportunity for for filmmakers to to start out getting investments for their films. Yeah, and it, and it makes a lot of sense because there's a pie, mm -hmm. and if you want to put money into a project, you get a piece of the pie. Right, and it's not just you know here's some money I'll never hear from you again right. you're now a part of that team and that family and you have a vested interest in attracting more energy to that project absolutely and yeah you, you've got um, uh, more of an interest of finding more funding helping to find more funding and telling your friends about this project and it, it kind of grows and grows and grows um, so I you know I, I think it's one thing and the other pies the investment pie and money comes from a lot of different slices of that pie right so this equity crowdfunding is one and you can still go out and do crowdfunding. You can still, um, you know, go to a bank. You, um, now we have assignments the for the rebate. Um, so you get money based on the money you're going to get back and the incentive money. And you can go to the bank and they'll make you a loan based on how much you're going to get back in, in, in rebate. And then you can take that money, make your film, and then you the money instead of coming to you, goes directly to the bank. The rebate money goes directly to the bank. So sure. that's their collateral. Yeah. Right? So you're paying a small fee on it, but you know, there's, there's, that's one of the tools that are available out there. So, so then it's getting more and more possible for local filmmakers to make movies. I, I think so. And, and again, um, it, it's kind of like a lot of pieces have to come together to, to, to make a pie, using that same analogy. Um, but I, I think we'll, we'll hit a critical mass where people are starting to understand that there are you know talented folks here in New Mexico and they're worth looking at and worth investing in. And we just have to, I keep telling filmmakers, just keep making films keep making man. films don't Make give a, up yeah don't give up uh, you know there's an incredible number of stories out there of how yeah i was about to give everything up but i met a person right there you go. you're flying somewhere and your seatmate is um says oh i'll give you you know millions of dollars to make your film <laughs> right it's just angel investor angel investor and there's even an, there's even an incentive for angel investors right they can get um, and this is under the department of economic development but they can invest up to $62,000 in five projects and get 120% um, back um, of their investment um, because in the state of New Mexico, 
making films is considered manufacturing. So this is this is an angel investment for manufacturing. Wow! Right. So they can get um, they can get their money back plus you know their twenty percent or whatever standard um, because they're for, creating jobs in New Mexico. Exactly. So they get paid to do that. Right. Exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people know about that, um, but you can look it up on the um, Department of Economic. Well, that's why I brought you on the podcast, Dirk, <laughs> because I don't know anything, and you're here to educate us, and, and thank God you are. So, so this is because this is so important for actors, like for Soul Acting Academy, for me to, you know, you know, encourage people to to take classes and to act and to study and train. It's not just for these skills. It's because you know New Mexico is an emerging industry, and and there is a viable um, you know money system going on here that we just need to figure out. We right. just need to educate ourselves, right? Right, absolutely. And and I'm kind of astounded at the actors that maybe they took a class and now they say, okay, I'm an actor. I'm done. I'm ready to act. Oh, I know. Thank you. But <laughs> so yeah, um, like like what you guys and you offer so many different kinds of classes and for kids and adults and um, for auditioning and all kinds of stuff that you know there's no reason why an actor can't be continually learning absolutely because there's there's a lot of opportunities for actors to do that and they really should because you know Tom Hanks still takes and De Niro and all those people everybody has take. an acting coach yeah every uh, successful actor has an acting coach and they are continually training right you have to have that outside eye just like a filmmaker will send will, will before they release it to people sends it to their to their confidants to to look at the film be like what do you think right. you know the same thing for actors like what do you think tell me you're outside eye you know we can't exist in a vacuum right right so what are you what are you hearing from actors when they come and take your classes and stuff about their the potential of, of getting on a on a show or um, their kind of general outlook well I think the general outlook right now is very positive because there's so much more um, energy being put into NM film and uh, it's attracting more business from outside the state because of the incentives and everything so people are very positive mm -hmm. I, I just think that like you said, there's this perception where it's like, oh, I just need to take a class and I can get an agent. No, it doesn't work that way. It's harder now than ever before to get an agent. When I first moved into town in 2010, mm -hmm. man, just boom. People were just getting agents left and right. Right. Um, but now, uh, you know, the... the there's there's so many actors, thousands and thousands of actors that are looking for representation here from outside the state. Oh right. Um, and inside the state, mm -hmm. and there's only three or four now, four agents four, here. Right. Uh, but if you think about it, and e if each of them had three hundred people on their roster, that's only twelve hundred actors. Right. Yeah, I've I've heard that too. That um, there are actors moving to New Mexico because they kind of see, you know, they they can see into the future and what's going to be happening. Absolutely, here. I've definitely seen it firsthand. You right. know, people are moving here. So if you're an actor out there and you're wondering, like, well, what should I be doing? Well, all these people that m are moving into the state, they're highly educated. Mm -hmm. They've been taking acting classes. They see it as an opportunity to take what they've learned and really put it to use because a lot of people in L.A., for example, are, you know, there's some people moving here. They've got a ton of L.A. training. Mm -hmm. And so when they get here, they're, you know, the casting workers are like, wow, awesome. Right. 
yeah, give them, they put them up right away. They see that L.A. training. Right. You know? So it's, it's so imperative to train as a filmmaker, as an actor, as a, you know, writer, and to get that feedback, that outside feedback, to continually better yourself. Absolutely, I, I think one of the one of the big things we're missing is constructive criticism. Um, we've fallen into this thing where you know somebody makes a, a film and they get a lot of pats on the back, and it's okay. That's all well and good, and kudos to anybody that actually makes a film, right? Yes. But we're to the point where we need to say, okay, look, these things you did very well, but man, your audio sucks. Oh. Man. Man, tell me about it. And and you know, I've talked to Matthew McDuffie about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he actually helps us with the six month intensive now. Yeah, he okay, helps great. us with the script, develops our scripts now. Uh huh. It's really cool because Matthew is so brilliant when it yeah. comes to helping people create content and and fleshing out their ideas. Right. So if you're out there, people, and you've got a, a script idea. We have this guy that he's a professor at UNM. He, he's a professor of screenwriting and of filmmaking. Go to him and get. Your your script right. He was one of our judges for our George Martin Screenwriting Grant. Beautiful. Which, by the way, I'll just put it in a plug. We're still taking submissions for that grant this year. And go on. Um, it uh, deadline is September fifteenth. You submit a five-page uh, treatment and the first five pages of your script, and the grant is five thousand dollars. And that money is to be used to help you continue writing your script. Wow. So, um, so what is the genre this time? Oh, this it's always sci-fi or fantasy because gotcha. that's George's thing. This yes. is the George Martin grant, and that's gotcha. his thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. sci-fi and fantasy. And this is the sixth year. Um, I think it's the sixth year we've we've offered it. And man, every time we get you know thirty to sixty submissions every year, and every one of them could be made into a movie. I mean, they're you know the concepts are just really really terrific. Yeah. So it just you know. I, I wish it could be more than five thousand. I wish we could, you know, offer it four times a year, and you know, so that's me looking down to the future and yeah. having a lot of grants that we can offer and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely, and and we definitely want to collaborate with you on on doing like a. Uh a screenplay contest where we, we, we produce a short film based on the winner. That would be so oh, cool. yeah. Sorry to interrupt your podcast, folks. It's the end of the first section of the Dirk Norris podcast. We had to break it up in two bits because it was 50 minutes long. So if you want to get out and reach out to us, we're at info at soulacting.com. Thank you very much. <laughs>